4: Kyoto. good morning and welcome into SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. It is a Monday morning and always uh, oh, doing well to be with us, doing well to be awake. Israel Dag, uh, <laughs> late night flight to get home. Oh, mate, I was only in Adelaide, felt like I travelled.
0: To Las Vegas and back um, <laughs> Yeah, I only got back at um, midnight last night Look, honestly, love in New Zealand, don't get me wrong But I don't think I've caught an, uh, a flight lately in the last year or so that has been on time We're an hour and a half delayed Wow So we left Auckland 10 o'clock and get back Till twenty past eleven. Got home in bed at twelve and couldn't sleep till at least one ish. Yeah. Then the alarm went at four forty and I was like, Oh <laughs> no. And I got a hell of a fright. But um yeah, no, it was good. Good to be good to be back. There's been plenty happening, so I'm just quickly getting up to date with with what's been going on because oh yeah, I was over in Adelaide for a couple of days, doing some work for South Australia Tourism, which was a special place. Have you been to Adelaide? No, I've never been to South Australia. Mate, what a spot! Yeah, it was it was my first trip to to Adelaide, and um, got to do it all. We jam packed pretty much everything you should do in about four days, and ate my way through South Australia. Look, I jumped on the scales. I was like, "Ooh, you're a kilo and a heavy, kilo and a half heavier." So uh, back on the back on the diet. But basically, went over there to promote the British and Irish Lions tour um, next year. Right, and it's gonna, there's a game actually taking place at Adelaide Oval. So I caught up with Drew Mitchell. Uh, former Wallaby played a plenty against Drew, and there's a game at the Adelaide Oval, which is the combined New Zealand-Australia 15, that take on um, uh, the, the British and Irish Lions. And it's an interesting game, because that game is going to be played, I think it's a week out from the first test. Yeah. So that painted the picture of, well, basically, this is going to be a whole lot of top New Zealand players playing with bench maybe club players from Australia but it's an awesome initiative they actually played it once in 1989 I think it was the first time they had a combined team from New Zealand Australia there's only probably two two Kiwis I think right they were a part of that so yeah it's uh it's an interesting format so I went over there Adelaide Oval what a spot Man, it was awesome. Got to walk around the roof and uh, did the big tour and stayed at a, stayed actually at the Adelaide Oval. There's a hotel attached to it and got to eat breakfast watching all the, the groundsmen go out there and do their work. It's a pristine um, ground, a great cricketing ground. Like they said, Donald Bradman stands, um, you know, all the great AFL players and cricketers are all part of it. So, yeah, that was basically me for five days and now I'm back to reality. And I'll probably sound a bit crook, because that whole time I was blocked up, and crook as hell. And um,
4: I don't want to say it, but I probably had COVID. It's it's all the, uh, what do you call it? It's all the aircon, isn't it? The aircon plays plays havoc. It's on the plane, in the hotel, on the plane back. Yeah, probably. I got there, and I was
0: achy as hell, but um, I got through it, and um, it was an awesome couple of days, but back into this, mate, and... Um good to be back on the show because there was plenty happening on the week. How was your week last week? You know, my first question is. Yeah. Cuz I was away. Yeah. does Dagger's
4: donation get up? Uh no, it didn't. You oh. be, you'll be pleased to know. We were, <laughs> we were we were like, "Oh, come on, let's get one out well, Izzy's he's away, but uh no, it horribly horribly fell over. We uh we actually had a couple of different um Uh, A couple of different bets, eh, Robbie, that we were like, oh, this will definitely happen. Yeah, this looks like a good bet. Didn't go close. I think (laughs) uh, one of them, uh, because we ended up doing two. Because there Mm. was no afternoon show, we did a second one on Friday because the first one um, uh, (laughs) fell over so quickly. So we did did the first one on Thursday, (laughs) was uh, Simon had texted through, and it was on a couple of different uh, Champions League games. And it was both teams to score, Bayern to win, and PSG to win. And uh, your buyin had a man sent off early, and ended up losing the game. So that like, oh and, wow, and that was so by two hours after we'd done it, a bit was dead, and so we thought <laughs> we'll do it again. And then uh, uh, we had, uh, and then on Friday night because we had Dane Gagai to score try anytime try scorer three seventy five yep. uh, didn't score a try, kicked a goal, didn't score a try. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so
0: it ain't me, it ain't me, everyone. There no. you go, I'm not
4: the only stopper here. Eh? there was fifty percent of the pie. I've got to say, my Friday bet came in. My, the, okay. the one on the Friday that came in. Robbie's might come in. We're just waiting on that. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's fair to say, uh, Steve Devine has got some great stopping power. He's only a small <laughs> bloke, but boy, he can stop a truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome, mate! Good to good to not good to hear for Alice. I <laughs> no, get you're you paid. loving it.
0: You're loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get you paid. I want to see someone. Get paid, and uh, speaking of getting paid, well, Imperatory is on the weekend, ninth Group 1. We've got Opie Boston coming up at 8.40 to talk about that. Uh, great ride in the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes, 6th time, 6th uh, uh, straight in Australia, ninth Group 1, amassing over $6 million in Group prize money um, and stakes money, so he's going to come on and talk to us about that at 840. I'm looking
4: forward to that. Yeah, no, it should be great, mate. And also uh, all this week, uh, the plan yeah. is to have su- uh, co- somebody from the coaching group of every super rugby franchise in New Zealand uh, on the show. And uh, we start that today with Dan Perrin, your old teammate out of the Crusaders. He's now the forwards coach at the Crusaders, <laughs> so he's going to come on just after after seven. I've had a bit of a, a, a rocky pre-season. I got touched up by the Highlanders. Actually, the Highlanders have had a really good preseason. They gave the the Hurricanes a touch up. They came from uh, down at halftime against Minor Pacifica to win that. So they've actually won three on the bounce in preseason. The Highlanders. I don't remember the last time the Crusaders have beaten
0: the Highlanders in that Farmers Cup. I, I think for the last five years we've lost every game, and it's been a, it's been a struggle. And you have to look at the kind of the squad that played that game none of them will probably be starting that first round. But well done to the Hollanders. Like, this this is a young outfit, inexperienced as hell, and they're showing guts and determination and, and absolutely put the Crusaders to the sword. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing from Dan Perrin and, and get an update on the squad as well because rumours are circling that it's there's a, there's a few little niggles mm. going through the Crusaders. If you have to look at the Super Rugby preseason, the team that's really stood out would have to be the Hollanders but also the Blues. mm I, th- I think the Blues have, have shown, well, consistency. They've shown unity within the group. And under Vern Cotter, um, you know, they've had a bit of an, a, a mishap with Jason and Hellerin having to go down or step aside, step away because of medical reasons that allows Tony Brown to come in. But it, it sounds like a happy camp. It looks like a happy camp.
4: Yeah, yeah, it does at the moment. Are you hearing good mm. things out of, out of the Blues? I mean, they, they, they lost... Paddy Tupelodu, obviously, which was a big blow. We thought, oh, you know, how, how big is that? But Dalton Pappalee's taking over captaincy. They've gone well. They mm. uh, they beat the Chiefs pretty handily um, on Friday as well in their final warm-up game. So, yeah, no, it's looking good. And I was just looking at that team list. You're right, for the Crusaders, I mean, they had Joe Moody on the bench and Noah Hotham mm. and uh, Corey Callow on the bench. But other than that, I didn't recognise many of the names. And in the starting fifteen. I knew the first. I knew the front row uh, and Sivu Reese, Other than that, there were a lot of guys that are, uh, who were very fringy. I mean, Tamaiti mm. Williams, Brody McAllister, Fletcher Newell as a front row. You go, okay, that's that's a good front row. Yeah. But behind that, there's a lot of young guys that they, they're obviously trying out and seeing who's got what. Yeah, in comparison to when they travelled over the UK, that is a totally
0: different squad. Like you, you have to imagine. Remember, they just got back, so they're allowing players to find their feet again and. You know, when you're slogging away throughout a preseason, and a lot of these players that played on the weekend were slogging their guts out, and now they had an opportunity to go out there, and when well, they got their opportunity and probably didn't take it up against a pretty full-strength side from the Highlanders, you, you have to look to that squad and, and look to the first game. There won't be too much change there. So, um, you know, well done to the Highlanders, but the Crusaders, you, you just... I know fan base and supporters won't buy too much into that. I was reading a few of the comments on social media, and there was a little bit of tongue in cheek out there, but I think the diehard fans understand that uh, the real season's just around the corner, and you have to say, up against a Chiefs squad, who have been surprisingly pretty poor.
4: Yeah, well, I I I mean, like, you know, the game against the Blues, uh, Mm. I I think is one thing, but the way they got touched up in that first game in Japan was the was yeah. a real surprise to me. Yeah, Totally. Like, that game against the Panasonic Wild Knights, you think, they're
0: the top side in Japan at the moment, but they just dismantled them relatively easily. And then only just getting up, I think it was against Kubota Spears, and they had a chance to win it in the end. So, yeah, they're kind of limping through, but Clayton McMillan... He wouldn't be concerned. The first outing's coming up against the Crusaders, and Luke Jacobson's already come up and come out and said that uh, there's a bit of hunger there and desire to to prove a point in that first game, and what a way to start Super Rugby. We're right here, and um, I'm really looking forward to it starting. And then he NRL yesterday down in Christchurch. He had the Waz at a sold-out stadium. We've got Andrew Webster coming up after eight as well, so looking forward to chatting to him. Um, But, mate... You know, you a pretty solid effort going down by two points.
4: Yeah, especially considering they played with 12 men for 60 minutes, right? Mm. So that made a big difference. But you were away last week. While well, you were away last week, we had Frank Endicott on to talk mm. about this game. And we, you know, I said, you remember last year, uh, Kempy talked about the Southern Bears as a possibility, right? NRL expansion, yeah. right? Yeah. So, we just. We were, we were talking about this and I said to Frank, you know, uh, is New Zealand ready for a second NRL franchise? Um, you know, North Sydney Bears are keen to get involved. He's like, oh, well, you must be talking to the right people. You must have heard some things. And then I was like, what? And then so he pretty much confirmed the North Sydney Bears and Canterbury Rugby League are in partnership.
5: Whew.
4: I know um, Andrew Webster got um, probed yesterday about it.
0: And uh, maybe we'll do some more probing. I don't think he'll be a fan, but you have to say after selling out, and you'd you'd constantly sell out a Warriors game down in the cross region, uh, down in the Canterbury mm. region. Like there is fandom here down here; they love it. And you'd have to look to yesterday. It wasn't sold. It was hard to get a ticket. It was probably the hardest place to go get a ticket. And um, you'd have to say it'll work wonders. Um, so, Frankie, it and yourself. And I know Kimpy; he's been harping on this for about a year and a half. He was onto something. A long time ago, well, you have to say it's starting a game a bit of traction here and I think it would go great guns especially with the new stadium. The new stadium that's going to be built in what maybe a year or two. Year yeah, or two?
4: Well, they talk about 2026 is the is the is the year that they'll start, but apparently there was a story in news hub after this that suggested there was a they used the term Hollywood heavyweight who was behind it. So I don't know who that would be. But somebody out of there that that, that that wants to get involved in a rugby league team in Christchurch, New Zealand, Hollywood? or Well, Australia? I don't know. It didn't say. It just said Hollywood heavyweight, and I was just like, "Well, you, you would take ha- exp- a white titty." Yeah, what? Yeah, possibly Taika. But I mean, Christchurch for Taika, I don't know. Um, I was trying to think. You know, who- Jason Momoa. Jason, well, yeah, yeah, Jason Momoa is a possibility. Hey? Loves New Zealand. Tony Kemp's not a Hollywood heavyweight. I, I know. I know you love him, Robbie, but he's not a Tony Hollywood heavyweight. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they that, that do get me thinking. Oh, it's a like Urban. Uh You know, there's a there's a few, there's a few there that could uh, that, that could do it. But anyway, so we'll, we'll talk more about that because, as you said, Andrew Webster coming up on the show. Do you reckon Webby wants to know about it. Nah, I don't reckon he does. <laughs> I reckon we leave that to the last thing we ask him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ronnie Hitter is also going to join us as well to talk cricket because uh, a lot of cricket news. Uh, uh, to be had, but but we'll, we'll cover more cricket shortly because there's some big news that came out. Oh, they happened overnight, asy. But let's get to this. You'll see- All right, simply the best. Our uh, simply the best for the weekend. Well, there was a lot to look at. Uh, Roger tuivasa Sheik's return to rugby league was definitely up there. New Zealand, uh, the Black Caps, clinching a Test series victory over the South Africans for the first time ever. Even though it happened on Friday, Friday afternoon, I suppose you could still call that the weekend. So a lot of options, but I have gone with Alia Tapuria knocking out the great Alexander, the great Volkanovski and taking the UFC heavyweight belt. Man, he was impressive. Volk has easily managed everyone in that division and made it look pretty easy most of the time. But, uh, yeah, he was under the pump yesterday. And just as you thought, maybe in the second round he was getting back on top. Tapuria's power, man. He just threw a combo, backed Volk up against the fence, and then it was a devastating right hook. The, this right hook, is the I don't know if you've seen it, but absolutely folded Volk, and it took him ages to get up.
0: you have to... I think I landed in Auckland when that happened, and you messaged through and said you're simply the best. I was like, oh, no, he won. Um, and then I was like, what happened? And you told me. And I, the first thing that came to my mind was, he hasn't recovered. He hasn't recovered from that last-minute... Um, an opportunity to step up against Islam Mahakef Mm -hmm. and when he got knocked out um, devastatingly and I reckon that's done more damage than probably people realise and and him taking that making that decision to do that you never question it but he went in 5 kilos heavier than he was last night wasn't in condition wasn't probably mentally there he was drinking every day when I was doing some reading on it and goes and puts his health and body at risk, and then gets knocked out like that. I honestly think that he is carrying some long-term worries in terms of his brain and, and his ability to withstand a, a punch. I haven't seen the punch because it's hard when you don't book the fight to see anything because of copyright. They're pretty much all over everything. But oh, that was the first thing that came to my mind.
4: Yeah, I mean, there was there was a three-punch combo. None of them landed particularly flush, but they backed him up. And then it was after that it was the right hook that caught him. Yeah, it, like, it was pretty flush, and it, and it, and it crumpled him. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't know if you quite say he'd call it a day now, but I reckon he's probably, yeah. he probably needs a year off to recover properly. Yeah, I'd say so,
0: hundred percent. What about Taparia? Um, what well, is about everyone that just comes out and calls out Conor McGregor?
4: Oh, well, it's, it's it's this, isn't it? It's just money. <laughs> it's money oh my man they all just want to fight Connor mate have you seen Connor you bloody flick him over with your fingernails oh mate well I don't know if you'd flick him over with your fingernails but he certainly I don't think he'd be going into the deep water he doesn't look like he's got that sort of conditioning at the moment that's for sure what about you mate what was your simply the best from uh, South Australia for the weekend
2: What is going on?
4: What is, what, Robbie, what is going on? What is this? Israel, how is this simply the best? Oh,
0: just sit back and take it all in, Ricardo. Whoa, I know you. You're a muse. and you appreciate greatness when you hear it and when you see it. My simply the best. Is Taylor Swift continuing to defy odds and selling out the holy stadium that is the MCG. 96,000 screaming fans with an average age of about 14 (laughs) packing out the Melbourne cricket ground. And I know you love music and you love the ability to, to do something that defies odds and not many can do. and To be able to sell out a stadium once, but twice, Yeah, but three times? Three times. Over three shows straight in Melbourne? You just have to sit back and appreciate what Taylor Swift, 14-time Grammy winner, has been able to do. The queen of music. Taylor Swift is my simply the best. And you know why I've done that? Just to really wind you up,
4: <laughs> it's worked. It's worked. You're see to SCNZ Breakfast. Get that off. Uh, powered by Kubota. Take any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride <laughs> just attachments. Just quickly,
0: just quickly, just quickly, just before we get off, I know you just have to really appreciate the, the Taylor effect. Do you? She's a she's a woman that has played a major role in Super Bowl's record. Ratings, females aged 18 to 24, up by 24%. Females aged 12 to 17, up by 11%. Overall female viewership for the NFL is up by 9%. Women comprise 47.5% of the game's total audience, which is the most ever. Wow. So that is my Simply the Best. She's the ultimate social media media influencer, eh? (laughs) <laughs> and I watched her documentary While I was in Australia oh, I couldn't believe it But I watched it Yeah And I was really I was really impressed Yes she's Not everyone's a cup of tea And look I don't like her music And I don't listen to it But after watching the documentary And understanding a bit more about her and how very creative she is with her music A lot of her music tells a story She's a storyteller And she writes all her own music And what Her tour I think last year Made a billion dollars Continues to sell out
4: stadiums around the globe. So that is my simply the best for you, Ricardo Balls. All right, let's talk some sport. We'll do that next. SENZ Breakfast, double eight, double three is the temper bedpost text machine. Want to hear from you. What is your simply the best from the weekend? Uh, uh, hopefully it's not Taylor Swift. Hopefully you've got something else for us. <laughs> uh, but double eight, double three. Timber bedpost, range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. And, uh, yeah, having NRL back, the Indigenous game, we had the All-Stars on Friday, had the first round of trials for that. Uh, Super Rugby had the last round of trials for that. We are only a few days away now from that, kicking off what was your simply the best for the weekend. Let us know, Double eight, double three. Here's Aroha with the latest in news for Kubota. Take any job this summer with Kubota's range. The Bunnings Trade Expos are back. Coming to Christchurch and Auckland, here are some Sports News headlines for you. England's cricketers have had a spectacular second innings collapse that has handed India a record 434 run win in the third test and a 2-1 lead in the series as well. England were bowled out for just 122 inside 40 overs late on day four in Rajkot, having earlier been set a mammoth 557 for victory. Yashavi a well scored 214 not out and showcased uh, an exhibition of brilliant smashing another double hundred before India declared at 430 for four in their second innings before Ravindra Jadeja took five for 41, uh, cleaning out England's middle order to claim a five for on his home ground. At one stage, England were 28 for four and then 50 for seven before going on to complete the greatest ever margin of victory in terms of runs for India yeah. in that test
0: huge. Yeah, you think,
4: man, it's been an
0: interesting series, isn't it, with, uh, well, you, you got Vera Coley that's out, and uh, he wasn't a part of that. Um, I think Ashwin didn't play in that test match, so that was a big loss. Rahul, lossing, you I think, think, was out as well. Rah- Rahul. So, like, you, you think England will be licking their lips with the opportunity in front of them. Ben Duckett's probably been shining light for the English um, team at the moment, but, yeah, haven't Really, or they just let it, let it get away from them in that test match. Messaging Baz, um, actually again this morning, just said go again, brother, and I'm sure they will. Um, it has been some interesting conversations about Joe Root's dismissal uh, in that second inning, uh, mm. first innings, when he did a reverse sweep. Probably not the right time because, st- well, it was start of the big collapse for the English side, so
4: 434 runs, that's an absolute hiding. Where do they go from here? Yeah, well, they've got to, they've got two tests left in India, so they they need to get it together relatively soon. There's lots to be done, lots to do for the uh, English cricket team, and for Bears as well. Now, Kiwi motorsport fans are having to wait for Shane Van Gisbergen's full NASCAR debut after NASCAR postponed the season-opening Daytona 500 until Tuesday because of two days of rain at the Daytona International Speedway. The race was scheduled to begin this morning, New Zealand time, but there have been heavy doubts that they would even get a start because uh, the final practice for the event was cancelled yesterday, as was the uh, Zinfinity Series. Van Gisbergen, winner of last year's Chicago Street Race in his first NASCAR Cup Series start, had an auspicious beginning uh, in his qualifying, qualified in fifth ahead of this race. So uh, it looks like he's going; he, he'll go all right. But, uh, yeah, those conditions uh, look pretty pretty horrendous at the moment. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch um, Shane and see how he's able to, he got a, obviously started
0: his NASCAR career last year with a hell of a hiss and a roar, um, but yeah, all eyes will be on him, he's on racing at the moment, is, is flying, and great to see Shane. Well, it'll be sad, because you don't see him in the V8 supercars anymore, but from a, a career's perspective,
4: he's over there in, in the biggest, one of the biggest leagues in the world, so...
0: You'll be watching him with interest,
4: Rick. Now, All Black's winger uh, Imoni Narawa has suffered a mm. setback in his recovery from a back injury. He's going to miss the Chiefs' Super Rugby uh, Pacific season start. And so will fellow All Black in Chief Josh Lord. He's going to be on the sidelines. It's uh, slower than expected recovery from an ankle injury. So both those players out for the opener against the Crusaders on Friday, is he? Yeah, Josh Lord, hey, he's he's just been continued continually dampened
0: with injuries, the big man. And this is an opportunity for Josh Lord to chance his arm in a position that's probably up for grabs now with, with a lot of um, experienced players heading offshore. So Josh Lord, hopefully, it's just a rolled ankle. You know, he might be a week or two and then he'll get back out there. But Amani Naroa too, with his back concerns, um, just not rushing him, Clayton McMillan. So uh, when you've got the luxury of having him at your disposal coming in, they'll be excited,
4: but yeah. Very um not ideal for the for the Chiefs. No, I mean Josh when Josh Lord broke into the into the uh, well not in even Surprise into the complex, me. but just mm. into the into the sort of national scene, super rugby scene. I thought, Oh yeah, he's a bloke who's you know, because of his size, his build and, and everything, he was kind of looked like he was a, a, a like for like for Ritalic, you know, once Ritalic went, but mm. he just hasn't been able to get a run of games. He hasn't had any
0: consistency with game time for sure. Like last year with the Taranaki side, he was always injured, and I think he came back towards the playoffs and, and, and continue and help them win their their their, their uh, trophy for the MPC. Um, but yeah, just continue damper with with injuries. You have to think like reminds you of an Ethan Blackadder. People that throw themselves out there on the park, put their bodies on the line consistently. Well, it comes at a cost, and the cost is you continue going to get injured. Um, so maybe just needs to evolve and adapt his game and change the way that he, he plays, or it's just unlucky. You look at Kyle Jamison, the situation with Kyle, like, man, constantly just in the media for the wrong reasons. His stress fracture, his back, you know, I was doing some reading on it. Is, is it like a, do you, how much change do you, do you go for? Well, Kyle Jamieson, I know we're going off topic here, but mm. does he go away and completely changes his style of, of bowling, his bowling action? Because at the moment, it ain't working.
4: Yeah, it's an interesting one, eh? Because uh, I mean, I think a lot of the problem that Kyle Jamison has is that he's six foot eight, mm. you know, and it, it's the amount of bend that's in that back, you know. I'd be interested to see how Willow Rourke goes because he's a similar height, and uh, you know, he, he doesn't seem to have had those those, those same issues.
0: Yeah, look, it's. Um I was, I was thinking about this overnight, about what do you do with Kyle Jamison? You know, where, where do you go? Because if you look at his action, it's quite front on. Yeah. And he comes from, from a height, but so does Willow Rock. But Willow Rourke's, um body anatomy might be different. He might have a stronger back. I don't know. But then I was thinking, maybe does Carl go for a bit, bit more of a side on action? Does he get, you know, because most of your power, Robbie, will be correct me if I'm wrong, comes from your side strength. You know, your side action, your arm, pulling all the side, um power from the generate from your arm coming down so maybe for kyle uh, maybe get a bit more side on when he's running into the crease which will take a little bit more pressure off his back is that something that he could do rob
6: yeah it's yeah it's, de- it's definitely an option i I i had a stress fracture in my back through through high school um is that from bowling and, or yeah yeah and it um Yeah, I just felt it really go like one day in the nets and yeah, it kept me out of bowling for like two years. Came back a bit early, felt it again, had to stop. Um, Yeah, did did a lot of physio work and yeah, changed my action to be a bit more side Mm. on. Um, I felt that yeah, when when I was um, loading in and jumping through the crease, my foot was on more of a 45 degree angle. So I kind of wasn't front on or side on and therefore I was using my back too much as opposed to my whole body to kind of go through my bowling action. but, yeah, and another side of it is I I can't remember if I read it or one of the, the commentator was saying um, that with Kyle, it's actually not as much as bowling as it is, yep. like, being in the field and, like, kind of running around, bending down and things. Like, they were saying, like, he can actually bowl, like, quite quite a bit, but it's, like, the other stuff in the field that's really causing the issue. Interesting. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, because you can't hide them. You know, it was a bit like the concern with Kane when he came back from his knee injury. Batting probably wasn't the problem. Running between to, to the wicker, you know, do you put him at slip? So, I don't know, like, is this the end of Kyle? You're, you're playing in the picture, like, when you have a back injury, you had to go out a step aside for two years. We can't have Kyle just fielding and batting. Like, he has to bowl. Is this a bit more concerning, a bit more of a headline than we're probably thinking at the moment, Rob?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just hard to know without being there and knowing you know exactly what he's done to try and correct it and i mean obviously i'm sure a lot of work is being done he's probably not just you know doing the exact same thing giving it a bit of time being like oh it'll come right like there there is i mean almost definitely work being done there um and yeah it's, it's hard to know exactly what the next step is without without knowing what's been done already well, I messaged Ronnie
4: here yesterday about coming on, and I knew yep. that Jamison was out of the Australian series, right? Yep. And I thought, and but that's about all I knew. Ronnie said to me because obviously he's he's been in the Auckland setup, knows them pretty well, uh, even though Kyle's playing for Canterbury now. But it came through in Auckland, and he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, he's he's going to be he's going to be out, out of the game for twelve months." Mm. So it's bigger than it sounds. <laughs> Bigger yeah. than that sounds. Yeah. But uh anyway, those, those are your sports news headlines. Um keep your text coming through on double eight double three. Uh the Bunnings Trade Expos are back registered now for free on the Bunnings Trade website. Uh Regan has texted through and asked what platform we can watch an on this year. I believe it is three three now or three okay. plus, whatever. It's it's free to wear anyway. So I don't know if nice. it'll be on TV three on your TV or if it's on their digital app. Uh, so you might have to get the app. But, uh, yeah, they have got the rights to NASCAR, so you can watch NASCAR for free, basically, for um, yep. them. So that that is great. Keep your text rolling through, double We'll get to more of those next. It is 18 away from 7. Yeah, you can text us any time, or call 800 and a couple more texts. Uh, morning boys, good to hear back on the radio, Izzy. Uh, Manchester City are mud, they cost me a multi, go Manchester United, <laughs> that is from Lammy, yeah. <laughs> Lammy had uh, had City to win that one against Chelsea, they drew one all. Uh, United currently 2-1 up against Luton in London, or just outside London, in Luton I suppose you'd say. Uh, so 2-1 uh, about 12 minutes into the second half of that matchup. Match. We'll keep you up to date with that score earlier. Brighton uh, hammered Sheffield United. It's 5-0 away in Sheffield. So they look like they're all but down Sheffield United. i tell you who went pretty well last night though, is he? Was the Wellington Phoenix. They have now yep. won 10 of 18. They are top of the league by five points. The top two get the bye week. Um, they are eight points clear now of, of third with nine games to play. Giancarlo Italiano, uh, the coach, uh, was talking post match and uh, talked about the team's depth because they had four, probably four guys who would have started out of the team. Uh, for that game against MacArthur, and he talked about how those players are tracking and how the guys coming in uh, did their jobs.
5: The team ethos is that we 're a team first uh, we 're bigger than uh, all the individuals um, and i don 't mean that to be you know um, dramatic, but it 's what 's got us through day one, you know the fact that um, you know, so many people wrote us off. Um, I, I was able to refocus, refocus the whole group at the beginning of the year and say, "Look, these are our goals. This is what we want. We want some pride in the shirt." And, um, and they've just taken to it. And, and the fact look, the, that we're clear at the table, we're doing well—it's uh, it's a testament to the players and just, you know, just their mentality. I would say maybe Bojada might join us in Perth. Um, Payne potentially will be back in. Um, and Nico, at, at the moment, is highly uh, highly unlikely. Uh, we'll find that out tomorrow. So I think tomorrow, uh, once, uh, once the physios do their work here and um, back home, we should find
4: out. Now, they also had a few issues. Uh, as that game was supposed to kick off at 7 o'clock last night New Zealand time. Uh, sorry, at 6 o'clock last night New Zealand time. There were delays because there were lightning strikes on the stadium. So they had to, wow. every time there was a lightning strike, they had to wait half an hour and put back, put back, put back. So it ended up getting delayed. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've got to play a game, you're ready to go, you're ready to run out, you rip into it, and then you've had to wait half an hour, an hour before you go, and it kind of throws the start of the, the game back?
0: No, I've never had a situation
4: like that. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. It. it really
0: ruins preparations. Yeah, no, you know, you've got to warm up go back and warm up again. We've had stoppages with injuries, major injury concerns, when the um, stretches had to come on. So that's a bit of a disruption, but it's just all part and parcel. Player safety's um, paramount, but uh, they got the job done again and have continued on to – and he spoke about players coming back, and I know you're probably going to talk about this soon, but Justin Stalas had his first chance to play
4: for the Phoenix. How'd he go? Uh, yeah, good. He, he came off the bench, and um, yeah, he looked like uh, you know a player that can really settle things. Put his yep. foot on the ball, calm things down. Uh, he, like he's a guy that's uh, we've talked about before, but he can play. He's played at World Cups, right? Played for Costa Rican yep. national team. Uh, won the last three Costa Rican Premier Leagues. Uh, he, he was in that team. He can play right back. He can play holding midfield. Uh, he can play a bit further forward as well. So, yeah, no, it, it looks like he's a really good acquisition. A good, uh, a good addition to the team. Also, Campbelltown is where Macarthur play. Mm. They are third in the league right? They've got some very good players. Clayton Lewis, Ulysses De Villa, um ex-Phoenix players are there as well. Uh, this, they've been there twice this season. They've won twice and he was asked about the secret of winning on the road.
5: Oh, the secret is the team, I think. Uh, I mean, we've had so many uh, different things thrown at us this week uh, and it was very easy for the boys to lose focus and... And come here and go, look, all right, we're playing third place. You know, we can get what we can get out of the game. And um, the, the fact that, you know, we lost Rufa, you know, five minutes before the game. And uh, I was just like, so like buoyed by the fact that it was like, okay, no problem. You know, the boys took me in stride. Finn Conch came into the team and um, and they just they just applied themselves for 90 minutes.
4: Now they go from there. It's either got to fly all the way over to Perth and they kick off at just about midnight next week when they play there. I mean you would have you would have gone over and played uh, played in Perth, wouldn't you? Played against the Force and playing in a different time
0: zones. Yeah, those are probably more challenging um, adjustments than probably heading over to South Africa or England when you're a full twelve, thirteen hours um, change because it's right being smack in the middle. So you know it's a, a quite a big adjustment. The conditions, it's that's really where you get a real understanding and. and a, a tell sign of where the team's at. The ability to win at home is is good. You know, you look after your own backyard. But when you're travelling constantly and you're still able to find a result, and losing Alex Rue for five minutes before the game could rattle a whole lot of teams with an important player like that going down. But Chiefy Italiano has got this team absolutely in the right spot. And they're finding ways to, to get a result. And while if you're not backing this team now, you should be because they are continue to defy odds and, and winning. And, um,
4: mate, it's catching the attention of many, including myself. Yeah, no, they're looking good. Uh, plenty of text coming through on this too. Double eight, double three. Good one, Izzy. You just sent me down a 10-minute swift rabbit hole online, but I'm back now because I'm not the problem. <laughs> she is very talented, to be fair. Carry on, normal transmission resumes. What have you done? That That's what it was all about, mate. I
0: went down the rabbit hole and watched your whole Netflix <laughs> Okay. Jeez. Okay, so you go down that do- um, rabbit
4: hole and come see me. <laughs> <laughs> it is six away from seven o'clock. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride attachments. It is coming up seven o'clock. We've had a text on double eight double three from Josh on the west coast. He says, "Boys, how much do we read into these preseason results, in particular the Highlanders?" Yeah, you read a wee bit. Um, the Highlanders,
0: uh, yeah, they're looking. They're looking solid. So you do you do read a, as enough as you need to, Josh, I reckon, um, from a Crusaders Chiefs point of view. You probably don't buy too much into it. The season's right here, right now, and it starts with a bang this weekend when the Chiefs take on the Crusaders. It's going to be a hell of a start to Super Rugby. But the Hollanders, mate, you, you have to applaud them. They're, they're hitting in the right to a young inexperienced side and and
4: probably going to surprise many this year, I think, Rick Dog. Yeah, I think so too. It's going to be interesting. Coming up, Dan Perrin from the Crusaders is going to join us after the latest in news. From Araha, thanks to Kubota, take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Good morning, Altiero. Welcome into the show. This is SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo on your Monday morning. It is five past seven coming your way. Dan Perrin out of the Crusaders, he's going to join us shortly. We'll have a chat about how they are looking at going into the first week of Super Rugby Pacific for 2024. Ronnie Hitter will also join us before eight o'clock to talk about where he thinks the Black Caps are at and some of the in, uh, injury issues uh, that are plaguing the side. Also, Andrew Webster, the Warriors, he's Coach, They had their first hit out of 2024. We'll catch up with him after 8 o'clock. And Opie Bossen as well uh, continues on doing what he does best, and that is riding horses real fast and winning loads of dough. So uh, we'll catch up with him uh, before 9 o'clock. That is what is on the way. It is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee starting at $4.50 at your local night and day. Uh, Joining us now from the Crusaders, Dan Perrin. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, morning lads. How are we? Great yeah. for a Monday morning.
4: Oh, mate. Yeah, good. You, you managed to escape Methford all right?
2: Yeah, we, we got out of there in and out, mate. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, got back. We bus trip down. It was quite nice. we connect on the way home with a couple of, couple of cold buns. It was good. Damn, mate. Uh, we're here finally. It's been a big couple of months,
0: particularly the last couple of weeks with you and the boys travelling over to the UK. How's that been,
2: mate? How's the last couple of months been for you and the squad? Oh, awesome, mate! Yeah, a bit of a different look for a pre-season for us this year, as he and yeah, uh, mm. it was great to take that group and connect over there, get nice and tight early. Um, got some good learnings uh, from those Northern Hemisphere games, Munster especially. Um, so, yeah, I think it's set us up uh, well and truly for for Friday night, and can't wait takeaways
0: from uh the pre-season mate you've had a, a relatively good look at a couple of new players in the squad are you happy with what's
2: come from it uh yeah we are mate some guys got some opportunities on that tour and and again on friday and other uh, guys that probably haven't had much of a look and so uh we're really happy with uh yeah the, the guys we took on tour and um a few of them put their hand up for selection, and and uh, you might see them out there on Friday night.
4: Well, it's going to be interesting because you know the team that you put out against the Highlanders outside of the front row looked very much uh, like there was a lot of guys get, getting an opportunity. Um, and I know you've got a couple of injuries. There's some question marks about whether Will Jordan will be fit. Lee Halfpenny's obviously out. Fergus Burke's out. So, so how how are you coping with that uh, in terms of injuries, particularly in those key positions of fullback and first five? Oh, it's a record we've heard before
2: um, <laughs> last year as well. So it's it's uh, nothing we're not too unaccustomed to, and um, you know it's the same message we used last season. It's next man up, no matter no matter whether it's injuries or or form. So um, again, we're going to have a pretty st- solid group that have had a bit of game time together uh, in the preseason. So uh, injuries or not, that's part of the game now. We understand that and. Uh, we trust our full squad and, and look forward to uh, seeing those guys get an opportunity. Because uh, as we know, last year they they only need an opportunity and um, and and they go well, they take it. Uh, Dan, just we've had a message come through quite
0: a couple of times this morning talking about the preseason and how much do we read into these preseason results, in particular with the Highlanders. Like for you, how how important is the preseason? What do you take away from it? And is there an opportunity? What are the opportunities for these players?
2: Yeah, I guess our preseason was a little bit different this year. As uh mm. we we got off a thirty-eight-hour flight on Monday afternoon at three o'clock, uh, with the Highlanders fixture sort of being um, pre-booked for for sort of three or four years in a row. So uh, we had a lot of compromised players coming off that plane that we just uh, couldn't play on that Friday. So you would have read the squad; there were there were fourteen. Uncontracted mm. squad members in that Highlanders fixture on Friday, and th- that was an opportunity just to test our, our depth pool, and and uh, we had a good look at a couple of young loose forwards, uh, a couple of midfield backs, and Toby Bell and Johnny Rover as well. And it was more so about getting those guys an opportunity because um, you know during the Super Season um, the attrition rate's pretty high, and uh, gave us a good look at them. So our main focus was you know the, the Northern Tour and. Uh, we got some good learnings out of that. Um, I, th- I think they're a little bit ahead of the game um, after spending a couple of weeks over there in some of the some of the areas that, uh, in Super Rugby. I think they're a little bit ahead of the game around the collision and, and uh, their kicking game especially, so we took a lot of learnings out of that and um, yeah, created some good conversation amongst the coaching group and game drivers. and. Um, yeah, hopefully we can you know put some of those learnings into Super Rugby in the next coming weeks.
4: Dan, I know it's not your uh, uh, it's not your uh, remit, shall we say, uh, the backs. Uh, but I, d- I was surprised that that Highlanders uh, match we didn't see Taha Mata or Rivers Rehana in the squad. Are they? Are the they both fit? I just given that how how young and uh, uh, you know sort of that they are and earlier in their careers, I thought the more game time they could have ahead of the season, the better.
2: Yeah, both fit, mate, and again we got off the 30, 30 plus hour flight on Friday, uh, Monday afternoon, uh, three o'clock. So the, the the medical team and our and our health and wellbeing team, and and even from a coaching point of view, the risk versus reward around um, putting them out on the Friday. They've had plenty of game time uh, through an internal trial plus two pressure cooker games, uh, Munster forty three thousand people uh, with Taha and and Rivers running the cutter in that Bristol game in front of 20,000 people. So we feel as if um, they've had what they needed and uh, they're both good to go for, for round one.
0: Take us inside the cauldron when you when you got these two young players that have, uh, you know, the, all eyes will be on this team position because you lose arguably one of the greatest super rugby players of all time and, and Richie Moonga. So can you just take us inside and how these boys have really stepped up and, and i have shown positive signs. I particularly both those games. I thought they they stepped up really well.
2: Yeah, it's a privilege for them. and that we've been pretty blessed with teams, um, you know, right throughout Super Rugby at the Crusaders, and it's no different with these two. It's it's their their time to to stand up mm-hmm. and 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 own that ten jersey. They're both exceptional um, talents on the ball, uh, good rugby IQ and game drivers and. Um, they'll put us in the right positions, and, and like you said before, the more time they get in the saddle, the better they're going to be. But oh, from what I've seen pre-season, uh, from a Ford's coach perspective, I'm pretty excited around um, what those two fellas are going to bring. Uh, they're going to be themselves. They're, they're not Richie or, or anyone else that's been before us. We're not asking them to be, but um, you know we've got good support around them and it's great coaching with uh, Tammy Allison and Jimmy Marshall. Um, both inside backs as well. So uh, I, I believe they've set themselves right up to to show show what they're made of. An update
0: on um, on Lee Halfpenny. like He's obviously gone and got surgery. Um, pretty disappointed. i was really excited to see Lee and, and what he's been able to do in the Crusaders jersey. I was lucky enough to play against him plenty of times. Mate, uh, his involvement with the squad, what does it look like?
2: Um, we're still waiting on him to hear the surgery uh, over... In Wales, um, so mm-hmm. we're just letting that heal, and uh, he should be back with the group in in the next sort of two to three weeks. We understand uh, once the the surgery's healed and it's safe for him to fly back. So him and his family are coming over. Um, looking like he's going to be right for the for the back end of Super Rugby. So uh, you know, his experience and and knowledge amongst the group when he's back here, I'm, I'm sure we'll um, try and squeeze every bit out of him. But uh, top man, and yeah, it's just unfortunate, really.
4: Yeah, speaking of unfortunate, mate, uh, there's a kid that's uh, that's that looked like he was keen to rip it up the last couple of seasons, and he's been curtailed by injuries as well, and that's Cullen Grace. How's, how's he shaping up, mate, and how are those shoulders looking?
2: Uh, mate, I've just walked past him in the ice bath at Rugby Park here, and he's physically, <laughs> mate, he's ready to go. He's, he's uh, put on some, some nice armour over the off-season. He's a little bit bigger. In um, <clears throat> that month the game, carried well through the middle, was physical and an, an excellent line-out forward, so yeah, he, he's uh, looking to step up um, from, from what we've seen in Cullen Grayson the last couple of years with those injuries, he's bulked up, he's fit and healthy, and you know, I'm really excited for him. Dan, I hate to bring it
0: up, but I'm an outside back, and I'm going to, but I saw a rolling more try over there in the UK, is that uh, is that upset you?
2: Yeah, it does, mate, it does. It's only pre-season, so it doesn't count, <laughs> it? you know that. Uh, <laughs> we've had a couple in pre-season, but uh, yeah, no, there, there was a, a structural error in that one that we um, we reviewed and, and picked up pretty quick, and it was a great learning for, for one of our young, a uh, couple of our young players uh, around more defence, so um, no, we'll be right. Just an
0: uh, update on uh, Ethan Blackadder, mate. How's he? Tracking. Um, is, he, is he looking forward to ripping in the season?
2: Yeah, he's under under medical assessment at the moment. Just a, a slightly um, lower limb injury. He won't. Yeah, he might miss the, the start of the campaign, but um, it's nothing too major. So, Leah looking to have him um, take part in the earlier rounds. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's just sort of a day by day. Yeah, building up his running load capacity again and um, yeah, he'll be good to go shortly. From
0: a leadership point of view, when you lose Samuel Whitelock, Cody Taylor, who's really stepping into that role? And just quickly to add on to that, Owen Franks, who I thought was really impressive against Munster.
2: Yeah, um, mate, we've got plenty of leaders in this group. Uh, do a great job developing them up, setting up the, the next tier of leaders. So you look to guys, Brody McAllister, uh, mm. Tom Christie, David Havilli, uh, Seve Reese to an extent, Mitchell Drummond, Willie Hines, look, we're, we're pretty blessed here, and um, they're natural leaders, you don't have to ask too much of them, um, they lead by example, first and foremost, both on and off the field, but when it comes to rugby IQ and, and understanding uh, what's needed in pressure moments, uh, those guys stood up on tour for us, and uh, awesome to have Owie back. Um, those that have played with him know what you get. And, Has he changed? Uh, he's been phenomenal. No, Azzy, he doesn't <laughs> changed mate. He's uh, he's actually getting around the field a bit, but, uh, bit easier at the moment as well. I've been pretty Is impressed he? with some of his efforts around the track, mate. And, um, older and a bit wiser and knows where to turn up. So uh, he's been awesome for a couple of our young front rowers. And yeah, like you said, on tour... That month, the game was
4: outstanding. And what about for you, Dan? I mean, obviously, you were there last season. You worked with Razor. Uh, now you're working with Rob. What's What's the uh, if any what What's the change? You know, what is there different messaging? Is there uh, a different plan? I mean, how How have things changed for you from a coaching point of view?
2: Uh, not 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 entirely too much. Um, yeah, I think that the basis and the Crusader DNA is in the walls here, so. Um, not a lot changes in that respect what Rob's brought um, is a little bit of fresh language um, a little bit of fresh energy and I think it's been uh, well received by the playing group and um, just how he thinks about the game and uh, how he speaks runs meetings uh, operates on the training field has been quite refreshing and um, talking with a few of the guys that have been here a wee while I've really enjoyed him so uh, in that respect, it's, it's been awesome. But I look at a lot of similarities between him and him and Ray, and and how they uh, communicate and connect individuals and connect the the whole uh, team and organisation. And there's a lot of similarities there, but um, have their little subtleties at the same time. And you know, he's been outstanding for me already. He's a coach that's well travelled. He's seen the good and the bad, and um, just having him, you know. Have your back, um, just like Razor did. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring and what he what he is bringing. So it's um exciting.
4: Yeah, good stuff, Dan. All right, mate. Hey, listen, I really appreciate your time this morning. Cheers, I know you've DT. got a busy week ahead of you. Uh, bring on Friday, eh? Get up, yeah. I can't wait, mate. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Chiefs in Hamilton now. Good. How good indeed. Dan Perrin, thank you. Go well, sir. Have a great day. Uh, he is the forwards coach with the Crusaders, former teammate of yours as well. Is he you like the messaging that you're hearing come out of that Crusaders camp? Because there have been a lot of Crusaders fans and then people in the media suggesting that, you know, uh, it, this might be the season that things fall away. When you say teammate, I'm not that old. Okay. We didn't play together. Didn't you? I thought you did. <laughs> nah. Because Dan was in 2010, wasn't he? He was playing 2010 at the Crusaders? Yeah, I was um, 2011. Oh, sorry.
0: Sorry, no, my bad. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. DP is a good man. He's a good man. Um, And he was a good player, hell of a player, but never got to play with him. And, yeah, he'll be disappointed because in that preseason, they had a couple of uh, rolling wall tries scored against him. You have to think the Crusaders under Jason Ryan the last four or five years they had not have one rolling wall try scored against him. And I know they take a lot of pride in that. Um, so, yeah, no, good to see him being honest about that. But this weekend, man, Friday night, the Chiefs taking on the Crusaders in Hamilton to kick off Super Rugby. Um, I'm absolutely fizz for it. And this is going to be an interesting week because Will Jordan's going to be out. Mm. Ethan Blackhead is going to be out. Yep. You know, Cullen Grace is... Is he going to be fully fit? you got Scott Barrett, who's going to take a huge workload. Who's going to win the ten position, Rivers, Rehana, or Taha Kimara? If you're going to have an opportunity to pick one of those two, they're like for like, really. If I'll be honest, I'll probably take Rivers and give him a crack to start first up.
4: Any chance that it's David Harvey? Um,
0: yeah, I could see a case for David Harvey getting a crack, but I think part of his contract, he got an extended break. So that all depends on on injuries. He hasn't played at all. I think he only came into the fold from a training point of view a week ago. So whether he's up for it and ready, probably not. So that twelve position, where do they go? Do I go for a Dal McLeod? Do I give a Ryan Crotty, an experienced old warhorse, a crack? What do they do at nine? Do you go for Mitchell Drummond? Or do we give the young, the young dog Noah Hotham, uh, Hotham a crack at uh, at the nine position? So yeah, plenty. Plenty to debate this week in DP. Good to have him on the show and, and talking about. It. I'm excited. Yeah, man. We're here finally, I'm finally We're here. Hey, are you going to be there? Are you? Are you coming up for it? You're not working with Sky on it, or nah, nah. I'm not working with Sky. I'm only going to do the home games with Sky. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with Trevor.
4: Yeah, fair, fair. It's all those all those, uh, all those long hauls to Adelaide. Week. And that too. Yeah, uh, 721 <laughs> here on said You're listening to Breakfast Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. It is 726. You can call us any time. 0800 150 811 Tradies Hour. With night and day, you can warm yourself up with a hell of a coffee starting at $4.50 at your local night and day. And yeah, as he... We're not far away from the start of the Super Rugby season. What is it like when you're in that situation? You've done your pre-season, right? You probably you, you had a bit of a break, and then you had a, a bit of a pre-season before Christmas. Then you have your Christmas break, then you come back. And I'd imagine it's a bit of a grind for, what, six to eight weeks. What's it like coming into the first week of the actual comp?
0: Oh um, yeah, look. It's for for most of the players. It's been a long time coming because you've been grinding and slogging since November for a handful. You know, this is an opportunity for them to start their big year because most of them will be you know playing for the All Blacks and and playing a lot more rugby than probably probably others. So probably different different mindsets. You know, you got a real hunger and desire from players that have been there from the outset within the environment and then you've got the understanding that it's a long year ahead so your body's probably quite not up to it your mind's there probably mentally refreshed but your body has probably been lacking a little bit of physicality and game presence so yeah different you know mindsets uh, leading into it but you're, you're at the this is where every player wants to be, you know. There's no point slogging guts out on the field in 30-degree heat all through summer, and then you got to go away for a Christmas break. You're into the season. Everyone plays and trains uh, and, because they want to play in a tournament. So this is a start. And there's a little bit of nervousness, too, because this is a new start for a Crusaders outfit. That is, traditionally, you knew where they were going to be with Scotty Razoray and, and Richie Mwunga and co., that have been at the helm, well, this is a new team under a new regime of uh, Rob Penny and co. Scott Barrett's going to be there. Samuel Whitelock, you know, this is the first time in forever we haven't had Samuel Whitelock playing for the Crusaders. So from their point of view, there's a little bit of the unknown, but from a Blues point of view, with the inclusion of Tony Brown, who steps in for the Blues and Jason O'Halloran, there's probably a little bit of excitement there. Particularly when you've got Caleb Clark, who's dropped eight kilos, who looks totally different. I must say, he's looking like he is hungry, and well, not hungry, but he's got an appetite to go out there and prove a point And had probably been the most impressive team from the preseason.
4: You reckon he's 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 uh, down for getting ready for a shift to league? So what that is, Caleb?
0: Oh, look! If we want to chase a headline, yeah, yeah, probably <laughs> stir the pot. Um, I know there was a little bit of a uneasiness from that um, that little stint over there at the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but mate, he's made adjustments, and that's what you want to see from a player. When they've had a disappointing year, I've been there before, you've got to go out there and you've got to put put the hard work in, and you've got to make change, changes to your game and, and who you are. He's made those changes. He looks fit, and when you can get a, an understanding of where someone's at is, is the more times he has an impact on the game. Well, he's had plenty of impacts. a little chip kick over the weekend, and there might have been question marks whether he was in front of um, of of the player, but he got the ball and scored a runaway try. So, look, there is a bit of excitement building, and I know many out there are probably going what are you on about because NRL's is not too far away as well. But I'm really. Yeah, really excited about this weekend, particularly Friday night with the Crusaders take on the Chiefs, yep. repeat
4: of the final. And just quickly, who's going to play 15? Because no Fergus Burke, as we mentioned. Um, David Harvey probably not ready. And no Will Jordan.
0: Yeah, I'd say Shafi Haki will we'll get a crack for the Crusaders. Um, Lee Harpenny would have been an easy inclusion, but he's out. Will Jordan. All signs are saying that he's probably going to be out for a, for a bit of a period on the on the sidelines. So you have to say Shea Fihaki, a guy that had an opportunity to go to the Highlanders, never went down, he stuck true to his guns, he stayed here. He's going to have an opportunity to show his wares because he's been there for a while now. He's had very limited opportunities.
4: Now this is his chance. So I'll give it to Shea. Alright, there we go. Have a look for that on Friday night. This is S E N Z Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Design, visualize, and create your perfect floor with room view. The choicest flooring pole. I'll wait for Izzy to put his cans back on. He's just he's getting getting his cup of tea. Uh, but your choices flooring pole for today, if you missed it, our simply the best. Simply the best was, uh, for the weekend, uh, Izzy's, was Taylor Swift uh, selling out the MCG three times. So our choice (coughs) of flooring poll is, would you rather sit through a whole Taylor Swift concert or put red hot darning needles in your ears. There you go. That is the Choices Flooring poll. Uh, go to the SEN app, uh, find SENZ Breakfast. You're a grumpy old soul, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and then you can vote on the poll and we'll uh, we'll have we'll have the results in an hour or so discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's room view, Izzy. As a muso. Mm. As a muso, just
0: take your your, your your black hat off. Yep. And your black t-shirt and your black jeans yep. and your black shoes. Yep, Pretty much take off your, your mega death. Yeah. Um, and, and sit back and, and just, you know, uh, an open mind towards Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Not what she is, mm-hmm. what she sings, mm-hmm. and what she's about, mm-hmm. but just like the, the musical genius
4: of herself. Um, well yeah okay i i mean I, I I get where you're going where you're coming from i I just don't see it uh i I think there is well, a lot- you hated
0: usher why
4: what, what why why do you hate some some very talented musicians like well,
0: what is it about them is it the the music itself?
4: Some of it's um, the new, mu- well, a lot of it's the music itself. It just doesn't do it for me. But the also dancing, it was it's, <laughs> there seems to be, it's, it's style over substance with a lot of them. I think mm. it's more about the marketing and the brand than it is about the music. Like yep. I, I remember, uh, I agree. He- I remember hearing was it, I think it was Beyonce came here, and yep. and she played uh, Spark, and she had. Uh, backing, she had vocal backing tracks being played, so she she wasn't actually singing much live because she couldn't sing and dance, right? And I'm like, yep. you're a singer. That's mm-hmm. your first job is to sing. If you can't sing and dance, don't dance. Get dancers, but your job is to sing. That is what you were supposed to be. People didn't go there to hear you dance in front of your record. You know what I mean? And that's the mm-hmm. problem that I have with a lot of that stuff. And that's
0: probably the problem I have with Usher. Like He played all of his spangers. And as a young kid growing up, I used to love driving around in my mate's Ford Laser with the subwaffle blasting with, yeah, <laughs> yeah, blasting. Um, but I was sitting there going, oh, he's doing more dancing than he is singing. So he, I can understand that. But you flip the script and the with Taylor. Like, she did 40-odd songs, three and a half hours straight. Mm. She is moving around. She's – her choreography with the – with the dancers, is always in time. She is singing pretty much throughout the whole entire concert. Um, so I can applaud that. But I can also applaud where you're coming from because I got to witness the Foo Fighters live up in front and seeing the energy that has been exerted from David Grohl for three hours straight. And he ain't no breaks. He's playing a guitar and he's you know, changing with his foot. And then you got the drummer, Josh Freeze, who's like pretty much just doing triple kicks through 3 hours straight. Yeah. The energy that has gone to that, you you really appreciate it. Um but for me, look, I appreciate Taylor Swift. And i have got a little bit of appreciation for it. I'm not a fan, but mate, when you continue to sell out MCG 3 days straight,
4: 96,000, that is impressive. That's really mm. impressive, I think. Is 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 more that, I mean, you know, and and I, once again that probably does play a little bit into that whole what I was talking about the marketing and the brand side of it. But you you know it's it's michael jackson esque those kind of numbers yeah yeah and you know
0: how great michael jackson is so this is a question for you mm. so tell tell us what the biggest artist in the world
4: oh it's a great question actually is she the biggest artist in the world at the moment probably probably
0: you know cuz um, cuz beyonce was the queen of of music Mm. For a very long time. Is that? Has she been taken
4: over from Look I know we're at music stage we'll get off top again, but hey <laughs> But yeah. She has no, been part of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, I reckon she'd be up there now with somebody like uh maybe Springsteen. Like mm, you know, okay. she's got the drawing power of someone like that. So yeah. Yeah. So there you go. All right. George. We went down that rabbit hole we again. Mate, we went down the rabbit <laughs> hole again. Hey, at least we didn't play any. Right, uh, let's get into <laughs> your, your Sports News headlines. Get the Ken Oath feeling with Kennard's hire, And uh, Steph Curry might be considered the greatest shooter in basketball history, but Sabrina Ionescu certainly made him prove it at NBA All-Star Weekend. I don't know if you heard about this, Izzy, But they had for the first time ever, first of its kind... An NBA versus WNBA three-point contest, Steph Curry up against Sabrina Ionescu. Curry won it, but only just. So uh, she uh, hit 26, which was tied the highest score of any NBA player in the three-point contest that had been held earlier that day and won by uh, Damien uh, Lillard from the Bucks. And then so Curry had to uh, had to beat that. He hit perfect racks from the left and right wings, and then went to the final rack, the middle one, uh, and missed his first shot but got the rest and ended up winning 29-26. to 26. But, yeah, kind of cool concept, the top three-point mm-hmm. shooter from the WNBA, top three-point shooter from the NBA. How much pressure's on Steph Curry that night to not lose that the very first one ever? Well, there's that video of him walking in, and he was more nervous doing
0: that than he was playing an NBA game. Because he was like breathing heavily because all eyes were on him. And, man, yeah, that's a great concept. The NBA All-Stars Weekend has um, started to gather a bit of traction. I saw a race with uh, Charles Barkley and another person that was um, good entertainment as well. Uh, But I just can't get this. This message that's come through out of my head. <laughs> come on, bro, musical genius. They don't even write their own songs. Well, go and watch the documentary. Taylor Swift writes her own songs. She is a songwriter and an artist. So I have to prove you wrong there, unknown Texa. <laughs> and boys, I watched a breakdown last night with Scott Robinson. I'd rather listen to Taylor Swift than watch him roll his eyes and try and convince himself that all players are a chance for selection in the ABS, especially when he was quiet while the panel spoke about non-Crusaders players but got excited when talking about Crusaders players, Cameron. <laughs> I'd love to meet you, Cameron. I'd love to have a chat to you. Can you give us a call one day, please, mate? I want to hear your voice. It's hard to know what you look like, sound like, without, you know, through a text machine. So I need, I need, I'd love to have a chat to you. Yeah. Yes. I, I really appreciate your messages coming
4: through. Yeah, some good texts coming through. Uh, and finally, uh, recall Black Caps test pace bowler Scott Kugeline has been taken to the cleaners in the final of the ILT20 tournament in Dubai. At the same time, as he was included in the New Zealand squad for the Test Series against Aussie. Uh, the right oh. arm was being smashed to all parts, And as his as Dubai Capitals t- team were thumped by Trent Bolts, MI Emirates, by 45 runs in the decider. Uh, he went for 10 off his first over, 15 off his second, and it only got worse. The Emirates batsman put him over the fence six times in his last two overs, Izzy, He finished with figures of... None for 63 or 4. Ouch. Yeah, that's that's not good. Maybe Ronnie Hedder will have something to say about that. Yeah, well, let's get off and find <laughs> out what Ronnie Hedder does have to say about that. We're 19 away from 8 o'clock. From big jobs to even bigger jobs, get the oath feeling with Kenno Tire. You can call us anytime. time, 800 150 811 is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. They'll you up a cup of a coffee from just $4.50. Ronnie here joins us to talk about the Black Caps because uh, the Black Caps are in action. They've got a T20 series, three games against uh, the Aussies, is he? Matt Henry. Uh, and Kane Williams and Daryl Mitchell all out of that series. Uh, And now we're hearing Kyle Jamison is out of the Test Series, which is uh, really unfortunate. I was looking forward to see him go around against the Aussies. Uh, Ronnie, good morning to you, mate. Uh, You're looking looking a bit skinny. Uh, Some of our bowling stocks was a few of the injuries we've got coming in for the Black Caps. Where are you on it?
3: Yeah, they've got a few uh, things to think about, that's for sure. And uh, they've pulled a few guys from here and there to... Um, Join the squad, so yeah, I guess it just uh, remains to be seen in terms of how quickly some of these guys can get back in terms of Matt Henry. um, I guess Kyle Jamison's out for at least a year now, so um, we won't be seeing him for a while.
0: Scott Kugeline's been called in ahead of probably potentially other candidates, particularly with uh, Jacob Duffy. What, What do you think his inclusion
3: is ahead of others in the Peking order, Ronnie? Um, I think um, the select, no, chief selector, Sam Wells, came out and said that it was just basically on the A form, so New Zealand A played against Australia A earlier in the year or towards the end of last year and put up some pretty good numbers, I think, during that series, so I think that was just, a, I guess, a reward for, for performances in that series. Well, Cole
0: Jamison, um, it's been a, a hell of a couple of years for him, particularly when he hit you know, blasted onto the scene, went over to IPL, the biggest auction ever for a Kiwi over there, made plenty, and then just hasn't really found his feet. Now he's got another 12 months out of the game. Where does Carl Jamison go from here? We spoke about his action. Will he make adjustments to his bowling action to take the pressure off his back?
3: Yeah, I guess um, the coaching staff and and, uh, the physiotherapists and and the biomechanics will have to have a look and see what the what the situation there is with the, with the back um, a number of guys um, who have bowled fast for New Zealand in the past have had sort of back fusions and, and things like mm-hmm. that, even Matt Henry's had one so maybe that's the, the route that he'll need to go down but yeah, I don't know what type of um, stress fracture he's got whether that can be fixed by surgery or it's time that, that heals it so um, yeah, I guess he'll have to do some some form of work, but it's such a big frame to you know to try and remodel and 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 the force going through his body. So um, yeah, he was going to pick up niggles and, and things um, every now and then, but I guess he's had um, you know back to back seasons pretty serious back injuries.
4: Where do you think we're at with uh, depth, our bowling depth, mate? We've seen Willow Rourke obviously went pretty well in that uh, second test against uh, the South Africans. Is is he going to be thrown in now? Do you think against the Aussies with Jamison definitely out?
3: I guess he'll have to be, yeah, and obviously got that question um, mark on Henry as well. So uh, he's he's obviously the form horse at the moment in terms of um, of having opportunity and, and doing well. So I guess he'll have to play, and then yeah, as you mentioned, the, the likes of Cougarline and and Jacob Duffy probably floating around the squad as well. But yeah, I think he'd be probably one of them. Southy obviously uh, first picked um, as captain, and then. Um, yeah, then it's a mixture of Wagner and, and a few others. Um, and hopefully, like you mentioned, they'll get Daryl Mitchell back um, as, as a batting option as well.
0: Ronnie, just going back to the South African Test Series, Mitch Santner had a, had a test pretty much day out, well, a couple of days out in that first series where he probably bowled the best that he has bowled in the black jersey for a long time. You're a slow left arm yourself, mate. What, did it, what impressed you about that performance? And what impact will he have against Australia?
3: Oh, I don't know if he'll I don't know if he'll play. Um, mm. but yeah, he, he obviously he obviously played pretty well against South Africa in that first test and um he's he's obviously learning on the job in terms of a test match cricket. He's played a number of tests now, but when you're in and out of the team so often, um you get a test here there. Um in, in the subcontinent. Um I think yeah, he bowled very well um in that first test and, and I think you'd say the same about uh, Ravindra in the in the second test on a green wicket. Bowled pretty well mm. and and did a good job for for Tim Southy. So um, I think like if, well, whilst not having a frontline spinner, I think they're looking at those guys if they play multiple in terms of uh, Ravindra and Phillips or. All three of them—they're trying to make up the job of one full-time spinner.
4: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you know they probably took the spinners probably took more wickets in those two South African tests than, than we expected, given they were pretty green surfaces. Um, and you know that the Aussies are going to start Nathan Lyon. They always have a front-line spinner. Have, have we missed a trick from a few years ago of just uh, you know persevering with someone like an Ajaz Patel and and including them every test in, in, in every test squad?
3: Yeah, well, that was the thing, wasn't it? The guy takes ten wickets in a Test match, and then has hardly <laughs> been seen since. Um, so, I guess if you're putting up those type of numbers and you can't get selected, then I guess it really is a selection policy change that need that needs to be happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was worthwhile potentially investing in him for the next two, three, four, five years. The spinners usually come into their own a little bit later in their careers as well. Uh, once they bowled a lot of overs and, and seen a lot of situations, so um, there's also that. But um, I guess yeah, we haven't really invested in one in the last five to seven years, so um, I, I just can't see that change anytime soon, especially with our wickets.
4: We had a discussion last week around uh, Devin Conway's form, and you know what the what the selectors do going into this Australian series. I mean, uh, I think the last eight innings he's had at Test level, I think the highest score has been about 20, 20 something. So. He hasn't gone particularly well. What do you think they will do? Will they stick or will they twist with Mitchell coming back in? Maybe Will Young goes to the top.
3: No, that's an option. I, I, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll change too much. Um, they are pretty loyal. I mean, they saw that with Henry Nichols. He had a long uh, stint in the team when he probably wasn't scoring as many runs um, as they would have liked. So I think they'll keep him going. But I think there's obviously a concern between Conway, Blundell. Um, and even Phillips, those three haven't really scored a a lot of runs in the last little while. So um, you've got Blundell batting at six in a a sort of batter's uh, position or rounder's position, and he's not scoring any runs or contributing. And then at the top of the order, you've got issues with Conway. So um, I think they'll keep backing them um, and and then hopefully um, come right. But uh, the, the sentiment is that if you're not in form against Australia, it's going to be difficult to find it
4: it will be mate it will be alright good stuff Ronnie thanks very much for coming on this morning bro uh, cheers, enjoy Ronnie. your Monday have a great week eh? yeah you guys cheers man. cheers uh, Ronnie here with us uh, former uh, black cat it ain't easier <laughs> does it doesn't get easier does not it get awesome. any easier Yeah,
0: five not find former SC Aussies
4: well I tell you what it'd be great if he did be great if he mm. did uh, we are coming up to 6 to 8 you're listening to SENZ Breakfast powered by Kubota take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments Couple of minutes away from eight o'clock, it is tradies' hour. You can warm yourself up with a hell of a coffee from night to day for just four dollars fifty. A text in from Jeff on double eight double three. That was a great chat with Ronnie. Honest mm. and cuts out the BS. Tells it how it is, and New Zealand cricket should listen. Nice works, lads. Love to hear it.
0: Yeah, fair point on the um, selection criteria for the for the Black Caps. Like, a great point in regards to Australia. They never go a test match without Nathan Lyon, whereas New Zealand we tend to make it our own that we, we, you know, plan for the pitch and most New Zealand pitchers don't turn. Well, Mitchell Santner proved that wrong. Russian Revenge proved that wrong. And uh, paid dividends in the end. So maybe going forward, if, if a player's shown form and ability to put pressure on and change up the whole dynamics of a game, pick him. Pick him. Maybe New Zealand cricket need to listen because I reckon it worked in that, that Test Series against uh, South Africa.
4: Yeah, definitely did. Definitely lots of uh, wickets to spin. Uh, Jeff also hopes to uh, you go well at the New Zealand Open. He's looking forward to following you, mate. Here is uh Ara with the latest in news for Kubota. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into Izzy and Ricardo for Breakfast on SENZ. If you're just joining us, it is four past eight coming up this hour. Andrew Webster uh, from the Warriors. Warriors head coach, they had their first game of preseason, the trial against the West Tigers in Christchurch, a sellout down there. Got to mm. see Roger Tuivasa-Sheikh, Chanel Harris-Tavita return uh, to the team as well. And uh, we'll get uh, Webby's thoughts on how all of that played out. Paul Mawadi also joining us from the TAB a little later on, and we will catch up uh, with Opie Bosson as well. So uh, lots uh, to get into uh, coming through, and uh, you can keep your texts rolling through as well, double eight, double three, a couple here. This one, uh, morning, boys. I just hope the refs and touchies let the game flow this year. My biggest dislike of rugby is its stop-start nature. That's from Mark. Yeah, I think um, you're potentially going to see it. Well, you hope to
0: see it, Mark, Um I know they've made those adjustments with the kick chase rule. Uh, There's a bit of a debate going on over in the north. So, look, if you want to look for refereeing and the way you should approach a game and keep the ball in play, look no further than the NRL because they do a fantastic job um, stamping out stoppages and keeping uh, the action and entertainment at the forefront of their minds. So uh, let's hope so. We've got some of the best referees in the country, uh, in the world, actually
4: down here in the country, so hopefully it can uh, transition into Super Rugby. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, you mentioned the NRL, what a product that is. And uh, Andrew mm. Webster from the Warriors joins us. They had their first pre-season hit-out yesterday in Christchurch in front of a sell-out crowd. Uh, how was that for you, Webby? Good morning.
7: Morning, yeah. The atmosphere was unreal, actually.
4: Yeah. Really proud you
7: know, for a trial match to, to get a crowd like that. Um, and I think we uh, doubled what the rest of the NRL did for a, um, for a trial crowd, so... Really proud, and the atmosphere was unbelievable.
4: Yeah, mate, it was it was fantastic. And I, I guess you got a, a a look into just how well all that pre season conditioning has uh, has settled into the squad as well. Uh, playing sixty minutes with twelve players.
7: Yeah, the boys had to work a bit harder, which um, we obviously didn't want that to happen, um, having twelve men. But I suppose it was a good test of our character and what we've done in pre season, and and I, I think you know how we looked at that moment, we, you know, it wasn't a great moment, but we we still wanted to dig in and be resilient, which has become part of our identity and something we want to be proud of and keep this year. So I um, was really how we just kept going and, and almost gave ourselves a chance to win in the end.
0: Just going back to quickly to the crowd um, and the atmosphere down here, I know you've got a game in CrossFit, is it in round three? Is this the start of hopefully a relationship with the South Island and potentially playing more down here, particularly when they get a new stadium?
7: Um, Well, I think we're... Actually, I know for a fact we've signed a three-year contract, so we're certainly going to be there more. Um, So I think the plan is in the third season we'll actually be at the new stadium in Christchurch. Um, So that's cool. So that means we've got a presence there. Um, We actually... You know, we did a bit of a school blitz there. All our, all our stars went out to schools, um, went out to junior clubs. So it was an awesome thing for the whole uh, whole country, but particularly the South Island and, and Christchurch, that you know just let them know that we we love them, we appreciate them, and, and hopefully they got to see their favourite players.
4: We be normally uh, with these preseason trials. The first trial you play tends to be your, your, a lot of your resies, and then the second trial tends to be closer to your to your, your round one team. Um, but this was a pretty strong team you put out there. I think thirteen players in that squad had had first grade experience. Uh, did you get what you were looking for?
7: Um, oh, I, th- I thought it was. I thought we. There's so many things we need to improve on, which I, I could have put my money on it coming before the trial that that would be the case you know that we wouldn't be perfect and um we, we need to be better um but you know i was very happy with our kick chase like i said i was happy with how when it got tough we dug in showed resilience i was happy with our conditioning how fit we looked over the 80 minutes um and i was just so happy that a lot of young guys um at the end of the game got you know for the last 40 minutes got a lot of game time and got to experience that, that crowd and that atmosphere so they're hungry for more. So, yeah, got got what we wanted out of it. But, you know, I, I made it clear that police were go to improve. But, um, yeah, for the first set out, there was a lot to like.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of eyes on RTS. And I know you've probably been sick of it already. It's only been a couple of hours since he's played. But all the eyes were on Roger Toivasa-Shek when he went back to uh, a game he's he's become accustomed to, mate. Um, apart from defence... What really impressed you uh, about his ability stepping into that centre's role, and did it surprise you with what you've seen throughout the preseason? What has he
7: done throughout the preseason? No, he's trained really well. I mean, the thing for Roger is he's been um, he's been chomping at the bit to be able to show his mm. ability, and that is to beat people. And um, in, in preseason training, um, we obviously do a lot of contact and collision, but you can't replicate what you get in a game. And his thing is his footwork and his speed and make, you know, people think they're about the tackling, but they're not. Um, so I knew he was waiting to do that against a, um, someone beside his teammates, and I thought he would show his class, and, and that was really cool to see. Um, I just liked that he was in the right um, position defensively. Um, that's a bit I loved. Um, yeah, and it was obviously very exciting that he was such a threat with the ball. But you know, he's trained really well, and, you know, I could see that coming. Um yeah, you know, I just I'm just glad for him. He can walk away with some real confidence, and I'm, I'm glad for the fans because I know everyone's been talking about it, which is cool. Yeah, we love
0: seeing Roger back out there with a smiling face. May how settled are you <laughs> on your on your squad in in terms of, you know, when you go from last year, you had a pretty settled make up thirteen, and then you had your interchange that come on and added it. How settled are you on this
7: squad this year? Oh, I think competition, you know, is really strong. We have, obviously had four away with the with the Maltes on the weekend that weren't eligible to play. Um, we had a heap of guys that um, will definitely be there in round one, um, like Toru Harris, Sean Johnson, Mitch Barnett, Adam Finnell, like Wade Egan. Um, could keep going, but, um, there's certainly going to be some competition, which is really good. Um, one, when you get injuries, it gives you depth, and two people um, want to fight for their spot so i'm i'm settled on the core of it i think which would be mm. about seven or eight plays um but everyone's still fighting for the rest of those positions which is which is what we want um but yeah we'll we'll know more after this the trial next week will be will be a stronger there'll be a stronger hit out, um and we'll we'll know more after that
4: yeah, I, I was pretty uh, pretty impressed from what I saw from Ali uh, Liutaua made uh, in, the, in the centers on the You know, everybody was talking mm-hmm. about Roger, but I mean, Ali made some great carries, made some great yardage in that game, didn't he?
7: Yeah, oh, I was I was so impressed with him. I was I was really happy with just how strong he was in defence. I think he uh, every time he, he kicked chased on that right hand side, he he grabbed the uh, he picked the player up and drove him back and slammed him in the ground. So um, he's a strong kid. Uh, he can beat his opposite number with the ball. But he does it a bit different, Roger. He does have speed and footwork, but he's got he's got like brute strength, like he can get rid of him pretty quick. Um, so no, I was, I was proud of him. I was more happy with his defence. I thought his attack was great, but his defence was excellent.
0: Andrew, um, when you when you lose your defensive coach and Justin Morgan, you could probably, particularly last year, I thought defensively you were outstanding, and, and defense wins competitions. <clears throat> when you lose Justin Morgan, have you made had to make certain adjustments into the way that you are defending to get everyone on the same page?
7: Oh, Morgan didn't do our defense, so sorry to to say that. Oh. Uh, in two thousand and twenty-two, he did he did our defense. Yep. And last year he was our forwards coach, and Rich Agar mm. was our edge, edge, edge coach. So um, they share that role. So Morse does our did our forwards attack and defence. And now Slade Griffin does that role, and mm. Rich Agar does our our edge, which is our backs defence and our backs attack. So we we flipped it last year, so it was done it was done differently. But we got mm. continuity there with Slade um, coming in, just, uh, because he was there all last year in that reserve great role. He, he saw the way that we did it and, and he transitioned really well. So being teamless at the moment, um, we haven't made any adjustments mm. on the way we want to defend. We just double down and want to be even better at it.
4: I guess the big question uh, for round one is who partners Sean Johnson? in the mm-hmm. halves. You had Chanel Harris-Tavita and Luke Metcalf got an opportunity uh, this weekend gone. Uh, Luke Hansen made a great cameo. A young fella I know that probably won't see too much in first grade but he's there or thereabouts. Uh, Tamayti Martin and, and Dills Walker are obviously options for you as well. Are you, are you clear in your head as to who might partner Sean in, in round one?
7: No, no I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, not. I wish I was. Yeah, I wish I was but um, once again that's you know, that's a good opportunity. Um yeah, you know, just the breed competition, I suppose. But um, yeah, Tamaldi was obviously away with the Maldives. Luke did a good job. I thought Chanel was excellent first Came back, so we only gave Chanel forty. Just to be back into it. Luke played sixty yesterday. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll know more after this week coming. But they've all trained really well and given themselves a good opportunity to be there.
0: Yeah, just on Chanel, he played really well yesterday for forty minutes. But how was it? Has it been a difficult Task for him getting back into the NRL uh, NRL mode after having a, a bit of an extended period off away from the game.
7: I think it's um I think it's more the um, physical component, not of the mm. reps around tackling and stuff like. If anyone knows, he's he's really tough and competitive, and yep. he actually enjoy enjoys that. But I think the 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 big thing for him was just the twelve months he's travelled the world and he might have lifted some weights, gone for a jog here or there, but he hasn't had that repetition that he body, his body's used to on a daily basis as an NRL player. Um, and 12 months away from it, it's going to take time to build that back up, but he's he's pretty focused on making sure that he's... Um, and that's why we just don't want to break him and, and throw him in straight away for 80 minutes yesterday or anything like that. We just want to ease him into it. But um, as far as understanding the game and and being really good at it he's had no problems at all it's just around the around the, the amount of reps his body can take from a, an NRL environment
4: Now another guy that uh, I thought fronted really well yesterday was Tom Arley. He looks like he's put on a bit of bit of size in the off season, uh, Webby. And it was one thing that you know has been talked about at the end of last season was needing maybe another big body uh, to help with Adnan. And I know he's been around the team, but he he, he looks a lot. He looked a lot more like he might be a starting option for you yesterday than maybe we've previously seen.
7: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, I think one thing that Tom brings that people. Probably don't realise is he's got great feet, a bit like Adam. So he's a big man who's strong and powerful, but can off the beat, footwork, which which we encourage. Um, Tom's had a really good preseason. I think people forget Tom played the first twenty games last year um, in our season, that, and that that was unbelievable. So you know, in his first proper NRL season, you, you know that's that's exactly what you want. So uh, yeah, our. our but I think there's one spot, maybe two spots left on the bench for our forwards. Um, I think Tom's certainly going to be fighting for one of those.
0: Webby, we'll last time I seen uh, the Warriors, and particularly yourselves at Caracas Millions, I saw SJ there, and he had a little bit of a a moon boot on. How's he tracking, mate? Is he going to be ready ready to rip in round one?
7: Well, yeah, I think Sean will play this week. I think um, if you roll your ankle on an apple crawl these days, they put you in a boot. Um <laughs> So um, it doesn't take much to wear one. Um, and you, you look at it and you think it's the worst injury in the world. But I think it's just so that the it just allows things to scar well um, and to heal well uh, by being in those. And it's particularly when you're at the races or an event like that where people are around. <laughs> uh, it allows you not to get bumped and make it worse. So it's just a safety precaution thing, really. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked if Sean doesn't play this week. Um, that's not to say he's definitely going to play, but um, he's done done a heap of reps in the last week um, with the team. Um, So, yeah, I'd I'd be shocked if he doesn't play this week, let alone round one
4: good stuff Webby alright just before I let you go mate uh, you know we mentioned at the top that you played with 12 for a, for some time uh, Zion uh, Mayu uh, got sent off uh, he's a big body uh, Steve Devine in studio with us last week he was saying that he had watched him a bit playing at Kelston when he was playing first 15 and uh, as using Steve's vernacular he was eating people alive um, how <laughs> big a prospect is he and uh, once he gets his tackle height sorted uh, how far away is he from the top uh, first grade do you reckon
7: I uh- I think only time will tell. got, it could be really quickly. It could take a while. I mean, front rowers take a little bit longer than than others. I reckon to progress in the MRL, but we're not in a rush with him. But he's had a great pre-season, He's improved out of sight. He does eat people alive. He's he's got to control control the aggression. So yesterday certainly wasn't done on purpose. It was it was an accident where he was trying to show aggression and and um, but he got it wrong. Um, and we've got to we've got to fix that and make sure we work on that. But Zion's a terrific person. Uh, he's worked so hard, um, and I think he's an unbelievable talent to the point where we re- re-signed him in the preseason because we're excited about him. But yeah, he he has that capability where he he can really he can really put it over the opposition.
4: Yeah, nice. He's an exciting prospect, Webby. Hey, listen, thanks very much, mate. No, you got Cheers, a busy baby. week ahead, so we'll let you go. But appreciate your time, mate, and, and best of luck with uh, this weekend, eh?
7: Awesome, thanks
4: guys, cheers for that. Cheers, uh, Andrew Webster from the Warriors there with us, is he? And yeah, I don't know if you've seen that kid's eye on, he, he did get sent off for a high shot. Well, I saw him smoke that bloke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> He's yeah, a big body. He's a big body man, yeah. He was playing I think as an 8 or a 6 at first 15 rugby, but yeah, as Webby said there, probably a prop in rugby league. Yeah, he's he's a
0: big body and he's and he's young, so he's still got time to fill out and, and kinda come of age with his with his body. But when you rattled off all the names that weren't available, man, that got me excited. Like the, <laughs> the talent that isn't there and you're pushing the Tigers right to the to the very end. Um was twelve for sixty uh, minutes. Yeah, with twelve and, and that's where you, you take a lot of out, out of that performance is having to do a 60 minutes with 12 blokes on the park and come in so close so they'll take a hell of a lot out of that and I think the big question like you alluded to is who's going to partner Sean Johnson in the halves.
4: Did you impress with Chanel Harris-DeVita? Luke Metcalf, is he going to get the nod? I think it'd be harsh on Luke Metcalf not to give him the first shot. Mm. Like he looked good yesterday and he was good at the end of last season he was, that was a partnership that looked like it was going places. Um, so yeah, uh, Webby's got some big calls to make But um, yeah, I, or, I would be I don't know if surprise is the right word But I would expect it to be Luke Metcalf
0: Yeah And so we got one trial We're taking the Dolphins this weekend And then we're straight into the start of the season Yeah, I think there's a week off So they, they play two trials, have a week off and then start So how do you approach this weekend if you're Webby? You know, do you go out there, play your full squad, or do you do an inter trial kind of 80, 70% in
4: that last week? You I, know, I, I are we going to see a full strength team? Yeah, I think? think we'll see a full strength team for at least 40 minutes, if not 60. it mm. will be good. Keen to hear from you. Double eight, double three. Let us know what you made of that. And if you were there yesterday, if you went along to the Warriors, um, at Apollo Stadium. Give us a, give us a call on 0800 811 or text us double eight double three and tell us what you saw. It is eight twenty-one here on S E N Z Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. It's 8.26, you can call us anytime. time, 0800-150-811 or double eight double three on the Tampa Bedpost text machine. And uh, this text come through, Izzy. A lot of defensive heart from the wires yesterday. Mm. Some good youngsters coming through in the forwards and outside backs. But I feel if either Egan or SJ were out for an extended period, we'd slide down the table rapidly. That is from Cess. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, yeah, when you're 12...
0: You know, when you're down to 12 men and for 60-odd minutes, um, you'd think that game could slip away from them. And it, and it did to an extent. The, the Tigers got out to a start, uh, pretty comfortable lead, but they found a way. They dug deep. And the point, yeah, if Sean Johnson or Egan go out, Egan probably, we know how important he is in the hooker role, but when you've got Freddie Lusick and you've got Jazz Tafanga, that could potentially fill that gap. Or even does or Dylan Walker. doesn't yeah. really concern me as much as if Sean Johnson goes down. If Sean Johnson goes down, and we know how impressive he was for the Warriors next year, you'd have to say that'll be a huge blow. And who, who is going to f- fill that gap if he is? So Chanel Harris-DeVita coming back from a long period on, on the sidelines, he's going to get a crack. We've already let go of Ronald Volkman. He's obviously gone, and that unfortunate situation's happened. Then you got Tamari Martin. Now, Tamari Martin, a couple of years ago, came in, and we thought that he was going to be the one to take us through for the next couple of years after overcoming some health injuries. Um, so I could see him taking that place, but it'll be pretty concerning mm. knowing that, um, that Sean is, if had if happens, the unfortunate that we're going to be in a situation. But the reality is, he's, he's aging. So we're going to have to probably this year the how do you approach this year you, you give Sean Johnson minutes and we're going to give him minutes because we want to win the competition but then you've got to blood some new talent coming through what? so we might have to see a Chanel Harris the veda given a crack
4: well I think he'll get his opportunities at times you mm. know I I see him as potentially a guy who could be like a 14th man you know he could come off cover a bit of hooker cover a bit of halves same with toighty Martin potentially but I think they really want to invest in Luke Metcalf. I think mm. that's that's where the future is, you know. And if you is pair, he the future at seven and a yeah, half? Yeah, I think so. I think you pair him with Sean. He he learns throughout the season. He picked up a lot last season, and then and then you know whether it's to Mighty Martin or Chanel Harris DeVito or somebody else once Sean retires, because far as we know, this is his last season. Although that was that that was the story last year as well. <laughs> but you know that's yeah. kind of how you got to forward plan it, right? You have to, yeah. So you've got to plan for the future. At, not at
0: the spot demise of of your team and, and the the opportunity to go on and win a competition, but yeah, this is an interesting situation for the Warriors. Um, do they just go out and give it one last swan song, or, or do I try and blood? I think we try and blood as many as possible, give something certain minutes, and then see what's we'll see what's happening. So we don't want to get tripped up in the end, really. When if the unthinkable happens, Sean
4: goes down, and we're stuck in a stuck in an unfortunate under. Um, Opportunity. Yeah, so let us know who you think uh, should partner Sean in round one. Double eight, double three is the temper bedpost text machine. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Check out the Grand Tour hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely R18. Paul Mawadi, good morning to you, sir. How was the weekend? I'm
1: uh, very good, thank you. Yes, um, not, not the worst down here. A, a fairly quiet one, but yeah, happy to get through it.
4: Nice, mate, nice. Now, uh, there was a question that came through. Uh, Kane Williamson, I think, before the second test, uh, was paying $12 to score a century in each innings. I'll oh, be top-run scorer, I should say, in each innings. How did that uh, – uh, uh, did anybody get on that at, t- at 12 bucks?
3: Uh Yeah, I'm guessing that you didn't,
1: uh, Ricardo.
4: No, um. no. I got on a lot of things, and none of them were that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, let, let's just have a look here. Now, there were a few people that got on. Don't you worry about that. Um, so, yeah, that that $12 was uh, snapped up by a number of punters. So, uh, yeah, boy, oh, boy, has he been on fire um, just over the last couple of test matches, and I'm really keen to see how it goes against, uh, against the Australians because then we'll get a really good idea of just... Um, I guess just how good this uh, Black Caps team is, first of all, um, and just how good... Well, no, we already know how good Williamson is. Well, he's got mm. 32 test centuries now. Um, he is, if not our best, one of our best ever um, batters. So I'm uh, just looking forward to the first uh, T20, which starts this Wednesday, and the bookies have already gotten the market out um, for that. And the Australians, with no surprises really. They are slight favourites there, uh, at around $1.60 uh, the dollar sixty mark. The Black Caps out at um, what is it, two twenty odds. So, uh, money coming for the Black Caps though. Um, I think Thunders have been, uh, I guess buoyed by that performance against the South African C or D team. Um, <laughs> And we've also seen a bit of money come along the way for Finn Allen to be the top run scorer for New Zealand in that first T20. So Finn Allen at $4, he's the favourite to be our top run scorer, and he's the most popular player at the moment.
0: Beautiful. Looking forward to seeing that unfold. And Finn Allen, I think he's paying $4. Is right? And to, to get yes. the top run scorer? That's right, oh, Yep. Gen- generous generous odds mate uh, that'll get a real unclean to see where this team's at uh paulie but a big weekend of not only sport but racing particularly with our very own queen of the turf Imperature, is getting the job done at a dollar fifty well the tote would say that many backed it
1: oh she was very very popular yeah um, and she rewarded punters uh, it, it looked, as she was heading down the straight there at Flemington, mm. um, that she might get headed, but she's just so tough. Um, and Opie, uh, once again, rated her perfectly. So it, it was just a, a, a wonderful moment for New Zealand racing and to see her in the black caviar, um, knock over the best in Australia. As you say, she was around $1.60, I think, on closing on the tote uh, punters uh, Look, she was going through a whole number of multis on Saturday, so she certainly rewarded those who followed her. And those who may have been slightly concerned after her trial, um, (laughs) you don't get any prize money winning a trial. You don't get the big money winning trials. Um, She knows when to turn it on, and that's exactly what she did. So uh, fantastic for Imperatriz and All Connections, everyone involved.
0: Beautiful. Yep, we've got an Opie coming up on the show shortly, so we'll have a good chat to him about that. So it was a big weekend of racing, but uh, the NBA is taking a backward step at the moment because we've got the All-Stars, and I'm just having a look at the East All-Stars, East v. West, and uh, there's a couple of power plays to have a wee crack at. Giannis Otokounmpo, LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant to score 100-plus points combined is paying $2.25. You have to say that as a money. There is no defence in that game, no,
1: that's exactly right. Uh, and that's one of the uh, most popular power plays uh, in that All Star game today. Where the East, a slight outsiders at two dollars and eleven cents, the West at dollar sixty seven. The boys have got some boosted markets out there as well. Um, mm. One that's proved very popular with punters: Giannis and LeBron each score thirty or more points, boosted from five fifty out to six fifty. As you say. Uh, Defense, uh, well, there there really isn't any in the NBA All-Star game. So that has been snapped up, as has that uh, power play that you just mentioned, the uh, Giannis, LeBron, Steph, and uh, Durant, all uh, to score 100 points combined, 100 or more points combined at 225, has been picked up. And there are a number of other uh, power plays that involve players scoring a number of three-pointers they have also proved very, very popular with punters. So the boys have pushed the boat out there. There should be a power play for just about every single punter out there as I go through them right now.
4: Yeah, Paulie, we had uh, we had uh, obviously rugby league trials kicked off uh, the weekend, the All-Star game and then all the clubs were in, were in action as well playing their first trial matches. Uh, did that that sort of form guide see a, a little bit of money come in for the uh, the outrights, like the uh, grand final winner? I'm looking, uh, seeing the Panthers are still sort of out in front there at 375 as mm. is the, is the clear favourite.
1: Yeah, and, and I guess rightly so, they've shown that they are uh, the team to uh, beat when it comes to the NRL these days. Um, look... Uh, <laughs> Not that they needed it. We took more money on the Warriors uh, to be the grand final winner uh, this year. They are at $18. Um, boy, oh, boy, it looks like they've got a wee bit of depth after that trial against the uh, Tigers. Um, a, a number of their top players not getting out. they great to see uh, Tuivasa Sheik out there and Harris Devita. I, I think we'll – oh, boy, oh, boy. This could be a huge, huge result for punters if the Wars do get up this season. $18 at the moment. Uh, outside of the WARS, the Panthers have proved very popular with punters at $3.75. There's a bit of money for the South Sydney Rabbitohs as well at $8.50. But by far and away, no surprise. That in fact, in almost every single one of those futures books, the WAS are the best back team in the NRL uh, this side of the Tasman. So I, I don't think I'm uh, revealing any trade secrets when I say that they are a terrible terrible result for the T.O.P., the Was.
0: Get up, the Was! Great to have Andrew Webster on the show. What about uh, yeah. what about Super Rugby, mate? Look, when you look at Super Rugby, it's taking place this weekend and pre-season, you don't read too much into it, but I've been relatively impressed with the Blues. Does anyone following me here? Yeah,
1: yeah. In the outright market uh, for Super Rugby uh, Pacific 2024, um, there are two teams that have been... Uh, we've seen quite a bit of action for. Uh, and that's the Chiefs at $3 and the Blues at $5. Um, so mm. Crusaders, uh, equal favourites with the Chiefs at $3. Um, just haven't seen quite as much interest in them uh, as we usually mm. have. And I guess it's just the fact that but possibly um, they've lost a whole lot of experience with Amwanga and Whitelock not there anymore. They've had their injuries. Uh, prior to the season uh, starting. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how the uh, Crusaders do go about at the moment in that futures book. Chiefs and Blues at $3 and $5 uh, have been the most popular teams uh, to win Super Rugby Pacific 2024. I'm also just having a look at uh, golf at the moment because the Genesis um, Mm. Invitational is on right now, the final round, and you can bit be live as we speak. Patrick Cantlay at the top of the market there. He's at $3. The big mover at the moment, Luke List, who eagled the par five first. Uh, he's only one shot back off Patrick Cantlay uh, as we speak, and he is $4.33. Will Zalatoris also one shot back of Patrick Cantlay, is at four fifty, And Xander Shoflake is at $5. There's a few other golfers there as well. Uh, but it looks like all the action is going to be in amongst those top four there, and I think I heard Izzy earlier this morning saying, "I'm done with travel." So could we just keep that keep that little snip there, and the next time he's on a donut, can we play that? Oh, I'm done with travel because it's a dollar one. He he won't be on another donut within the next month or
0: two. <laughs> well, give it five days, actually, Paul. They'll go to Queenstown on Sunday for the Open. So <laughs> there you go. I, I, I apologise for that. And I'm just asking for a friend in regards to Tiger Woods' withdrawal from the Genesis. Do you get money back?
1: Uh, I'll ask the bookies for you, Izzy. Uh, they handed out quite a bit of cash with Imperatriz winning on the, on the weekend, so I'm not sure they've got too much
4: cash in their pockets at the moment. <laughs> Good stuff, Paulie. Uh, All right, mate, uh, go well. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Check out all the odds, promos, (laughs) and boosted odds of the Grand Tour Hub uh, at tab.co.nz, safely. R18, Opie Boston up next. It is 13 away from 9 o'clock, and uh, it is time for a Love Racing update. Love Racing, .nz, your home of thoroughbred racing. Opie Boston joins us. Uh, Morning, Opie. Congrats on a big weekend. Yeah, morning. How are you? Good things. Mate. Not as, as, as dagger, good. <laughs> not, not as full up as Dagger, but
0: good. Not as full up as Opie, mate. He just went over and won plenty <laughs> over in Australia and on Imperatries. Hey, Opie, well done, mate. Well ridden over there. We, leading into this, there was a lot of talk in regards to Imperatries' trial, but were you at all concerned heading into the race?
8: Um, oh, yeah, there was a little bit of doubt over that trial, but um, Mark Walker was over there the week mm. prior and he, he said she's hundred percent and um um I just had to go believe in what he had, had what he thought and um he was right she was hundred percent I knew that as soon as I got on her. You rode the perfect race, mate.
0: Um you're second at the four hundred, you're eight hundred metre you're four hundred, you still had to kick and get in front of private eye. When did you know you had it?
8: Um I always always thought I had him covered the pretty much the whole race. Mm. Um, she just kept coming up underneath me and, and every time I, I moved my hands she, she, was, she was there So um, and I knew um, him, he had to go for his horse um, a bit, bit before me with a, with his whip and I just had to save, save to the last bit and she, she kicked Mate, you've created a bit of a relationship now with the
0: Queen of the Turf and Peritres winning 9 Group 1s Mate, what is it about this horse
8: that makes it so special? She's just got the amazing turn of foot, and um, mm. she's so adaptable. Like she, she, she doesn't overdo things in her races, and um, and just you, just you just pretty much ride her anywhere you want, and and she just gives you that kick when you want it.
0: Ophi, we've we've seen Imperatoris over in New Zealand riding in our conditions, and we saw a bit of potential there. But now we're seeing that potential fulfilled over in Australia. What is it about Imperature's racing in Australia and why she's able to have so much success over there?
8: I think she's just got a, a bit more stronger um, mm. and, and and a lot less niggles than what she what she had when she was younger just through through growing pains and stuff like that so um now she's the full package now and uh now she's uh, and she's proven it over these sprint dis- distances in Australia. mate, you've ridden.
0: Plenty of special horses over your illustrious career. Where does uh, Imperatriz sit in that pecking order?
8: Uh, she's the top for sure, easily. I, I've, I've never ridden horse go to Australia and just dominate like the way she has. is. So uh, she's pretty special.
0: What is it? What is it about Imperatriz that sits above others?
8: she's passed <laughs> <laughs> she, she wins
2: she wins she wins you plenty
8: <laughs> she, she, she's good money earner for me that's for sure <laughs> all right mate so
0: you able to give us because mark walker gave nothing away for the what's next are you able to potentially share what you think may happen um i'm,
8: I'm not 100 percent sure what, what they're doing as, as yet but um I just I, I don't I don't mind where she goes as long as I get to go and ride her. <laughs> How does
0: that happen, mate? Because you're winning plenty on her. How gutted would you be if uh, someone else
8: got an opportunity, mate? Are you first dibs? I think I think I have got first dibs, but I think I just got to stay out of trouble. <laughs> not get suspended or
0: anything <laughs> oh beautiful hey mate we appreciate you coming on OP, and, and talking to us about that uh, stellar performance on the weekend I know we had to go right to the line Private Eye was pushing you right through the finish line but you got the job done and you got the owners paid 600000 in their pockets so I think of the sling there Yep, your pockets are full mate well done appreciate your time
4: <laughs> No, thanks for having me guys Cheers, mate, any time. Opie Boston, champion jockey there with us. Uh, Nine away from nine. mate. Featuring Peking Duck, Sir Dave Dobbin, Zed, and the Black Seeds book now at the Grand Tour nz. Yeah, mate. I mean, she goes good, right? It's it's quite
0: phenomenal, really, when you think about Imperatrice when she raced in New Zealand. Yeah, the talent was there, the potential was there, but you don't think that she was going to go to Australia and have this success. Well, she's gone over and she's won nine Group Ones. She's won six straight in Australia, and the biggest, arguably, the biggest race is there, and arguably, a country that is known to have sprinters. That is their genetics. That is their genetic makeup. They are sprinting. Gods in the racing world. We're traditionally known as stayers. Well, Imperatrix has gone over there and dominated. And uh, ridden by Opie in the Tiakau colours, man, it's uh, an awesome journey. You look at the journey that, well, I wish I wins taking us on. Well, this is the same with com- Imper- Imperatrix with, with the ones that she's been able to clock up over there. You, you just pray and and you just one hope one day
4: that you'd be a part of a horse like this, Rick. As uh, Opie, man, a few words she goes fast. She goes fast, <laughs> which is what you want. She goes fast. Now, your chance—we we, we've got to do the uh, choices flooring poll, and we're going to wrap that up uh, before we talk to Smithy. So, your last chance to vote: go to the SEN uh, app, find SENZ at Breakfast, and you can vote. Uh, what was the uh, what was the um, poll today? Taylor well, Swift. Well, the poll was yeah because he simply the best from the weekend was Taylor Swift selling out the MCG three times. So the poll was, would you rather sit through a whole Taylor Swift concert or have hot knitting needles in your ears? Those are the two options. Go and vote the Choices Flooring Poll. We'll have the uh, result for that next it's a couple of minutes away from nine o'clock. We've got to do our choices flooring poll as well. Design, visualize, and create your perfect floor with room view. Uh, now Smithy is is listening in, so let just me explain this for Smithy. Uh we had our simply the best earlier this morning. Izzy's from the weekend was that it was Taylor Swift selling out the MCG three times over. So our choices flooring poll was Would you rather sit through a Taylor Swift concert or put red hot knitting needles in your ears? Uh, here are the results. Fifty-two percent would rather sit through a whole Taylor Swift concert. 48% yes. have gone the knitting needles. Smithy Told where you. are you? Uh, Told you.
9: Wow. I couldn't go through three of them. I really could not sit through three of them. Uh, you can appreciate two, it, one honest. though eh? Smith? Well, I could probably go to one um, if I had VIP tickets didn't pay for any and, free, and it was free. <laughs> not sure I'd fork out three or five hundred bucks. That'll be honest. I, get it, I can see it just as easily if I watch the Kansas City Chiefs play. I don't
4: have to listen to it. <laughs> Honestly, she's got more screen time than Travis Kelsey. Good to have you back, though, Smithy. How, mm. how's, how's the calling been? No, You've been enjoying the cricket? Oh, The last couple of weeks with uh, the crew
9: we've had have been absolutely fantastic. We've had so much fun. So um, Obviously, it's going to ramp up a bit when the Aussies get here. There'll be a lot of fun goes out of it. It'll be a lot more serious. So. Uh, Look, uh, hey, uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool, actually, and uh, great to have cricket, ball-by-ball, international cricket on SENZ.
4: Mate, it is. Uh, What was your reaction to Scott Kugeline being called up um, with with the injuries and things we've had? I I mean, I'm thinking Duffy and Tickner should be ahead of him, shouldn't they?
9: I was uh, interested in that as well, Ricardo. So uh, we've specifically asked for the boss, Gary Stead, and that's who we're going to ask that one of those Mm. questions will be just after 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, Where did you get uh, Scott Kugeline from? What was the thinking there? Um, amongst other issues, to come out of the South African uh, particular series and looking forward to what's going on. So Gary's dead uh, very shortly. Uh, we're going to have uh, an opportunity for people to text Anne on double eight double three, but call us as well just after 9.30 on impressions on the cricket or anything that you saw over the weekend. Uh, nice to be back and have a genuine conversation with you. We'll have a multi before 10 o'clock. Uh, Justin Nelson on the breakers, they're still in it, but boy, they've got a, a mountain to climb to stay in it. So Justin just after 10 o'clock, a uh, bulletin with Ben Strang. Uh, We'll have uh, Vossi just after 11, so close to the Rugby League season. There was plenty of games over the weekend, including, of course, um, the the Indigenous game against uh, the All-Star Maori side as well, and both men and women. So we'll see what uh, Vossi made of that. Uh, And we'll have a sports desk as well. So a lot of our regular features, mate.
4: Good stuff. Good to have you back, Smithy. Here's Aaraha with news for Kubota. We'll be back tomorrow morning from 6.